0: Six games in two weeks, international flights, domestic flights within the USA, train travel, bus rides, a group of fanatical NBA fans from Australia, a terrific experience overall and I'm very thankful to this day. Then you are in Australia right now. You're talking NBA basketball. You're talking great teams. You're talking great individual players. Takes it off, and there's number 23, and, of course, Johnny goes nuts. So we're i getting. Chris thinking about it now. I just tried to go out there and play my game. I have no idea what you're talking about, Adam. I don't like anybody. I'm not a people person. Strand, can you make the pass? Yes. Christian, can you catch the ball? Yes. All the stars were aligned, and all the muscles fired at the right time, and I was able to get off the ground and throw one down. I was saving that as a surprise for you. And now, introducing your host, for in all earnest, Adam Ryan. Welcome to episode 121. Thanks for joining me. Today, I discuss my 1994 NBA tour. Approximately 20 basketball crazies here in Australia flew to the USA for two weeks of NBA experiences we'll never forget. It was an amazing time that I've occasionally mentioned throughout the course of this podcast's existence. You're about to hear me reflect on that trip, enhanced with additional research and select audio clips. I also share a few unexpected twists and turns that I guarantee even the most ardent fans of the show have never heard before. Once you've listened to this episode, I recommend episode 37, a great mate of mine, Aaron Steen, join me to recap the 1994 NBA season. That conversation is a perfect complement to what you're about to hear. Show notes for this episode and access to a huge archive of past episodes are available at inallairness.com. I'll preface this episode by saying that Michael Jordan's October 1993 retirement from the Chicago Bulls was just weeks after the deposit for the USA trip had been paid. Kramer's lawyer on Seinfeld Jackie Childs said it best. Mr. Childs, I am shocked and chagrined. (laughs) Mortified and stupefied. Now, onto the show. On January 14th of 1994, the trip began. It was a quick flight from Melbourne to Sydney, followed by a long haul flight from Sydney to Los Angeles. Due to time differences between Australia and the USA, we flew out of Sydney on the morning of that night's first game of the NBA tour. It was game one of six, Charlotte Hornets versus the LA Lakers at the Great Western Forum in Inglewood, California. It was an incredible feeling just to pull up to the forum under lights in our tour bus. I'm about to head in and see my first NBA game, aged just 18, a young kid from Australia. It was a 7.30pm tip-off in front of 16,011 per basketball reference. The Hornets would hold on to win 130 to 122, so a very high-scoring game. This was Alonzo Mourning's second game back from an ankle injury, and he would score 14 of the Hornets, opening 18 points to start this game, finishing with 30 points, 17 rebounds, four assists, and two blocks. Percy Hawkins had 25 points. Dale Curry, 19. Great friend of the show, Eddie Johnson, had 17 points. Muggsy Bogues, 10 points and 12 assists. And Scott Burrell, another great friend of the show had 10 points in just 14 minutes. For the Lakers, Nick the Quick Van Exel, for the second straight game, made five three-pointers, tying a then-Lakers record for made threes in regular season games. Quick Van Exel had a great game with 29 points and six assists. George Lynch, who won a title with the UNC Tar Heels in 1993, had 24 points and 10 rebounds in just his second NBA start. Vladdy Devarts had 18 points, nine rebounds and eight assists. And Sadal Threet, another great friend of the show, had two points, six assists, and two steals. On January the 16th, we flew from LA via Minneapolis St. Paul onto Chicago. And just for what it's worth, Minneapolis would be host of the 1994 NBA All Star game, not even a month later. And Scotty Pippen, no surprise, as Magic predicted, is the most valuable player. Less than 24 hours after we flew out of California, Los Angeles was rocked by earthquakes. Today's earthquake, officially called the Northridge earthquake, measuring 6.6 on the Richter scale. Widespread power outages at a citywide wide dust to dawn curfew. One of the hotel staff in Chicago placed a note under the door to my room, and it was a message from my family to check if I was okay. They had a printout of my itinerary at home in Australia, and our traveling group were very fortunate to have left LA just before this earthquake happened. Now, this is back in the day, at least for us it was, pre-mobile phones. I don't remember getting my first mobile phone until I was maybe 19 or 20 years old. The second game of our NBA tour was January the 17th at the famed Chicago Stadium in Chicago, Illinois, Philadelphia 76ers at Chicago Bulls. Now, this was a 2.30 p.m. tip-off, and it was in front of 18,182 fans. This was a rare weekday afternoon game for the Bulls played because of the Martin Luther King holiday. It was the first of two such contests in the Bulls' 1994 campaign. Now, pre-game, I attempted to take a photo outside Chicago Stadium. It was so cold, uh, snowy, and icy, I fell over before I ever managed to click the button on the camera. I regained my composure, and when I stood back up to take the photo, a perfectly positioned limousine entered the frame. I still get goosebumps when I look back at the photo. The Chicago Stadium was demolished in 1995, only as recently as February of 2020, I made it back to Chicago and visited the United Centre for the first time. In the game itself, B.J. Armstrong led the Bulls with 21 points as they blew out the 76ers, 121-91. to 91. Scotty Pippen had a terrific game with 20 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists and 7 steals in just 31 minutes. Great friend of the show, Bill Wennington, 18 points and 5 rebounds. Rookie Tony Kukoc had 15 points and 7 assists. Another great friend of the show, Corey Blunt, had 14 points and 13 rebounds. And Will Perdue had 11 points, 8 rebounds and 4 assists. Horace Grant missed the game for the Bulls with tendonitis in his left knee. For the 76ers, rookie Sean Bradley was the high man with 18 points. He also had 5 rebounds and 3 assists. Dana Barros had 16 points and 6 assists. Clarence Weatherspoon had 14 points and 6 boards. And Jeff Hornacek, 12 points and four rebounds. Chicago blew the game wide open in the third quarter when they outscored Philadelphia 33-19. Now, per the Chicago Tribune, there's some great little tidbits here, the 76ers had endured their worst offensive performance in over three decades, two days prior at Cleveland, and they were thumped 110-67 to by the Cavaliers. The Tribune also noted that early birds witnessed a display of trick shots by the Bulls' rookie Tony Kukoc who sank several from the free-throw line with shots that came from behind the back and over his head. We did not see those, however. I referenced the extreme weather conditions outside Chicago Stadium. Our tour group was based in the Windy City for three nights, and we endured an average temperature of minus six below zero. Per WGN Chicago's Tom Skilling, it was the city's coldest week, January 14 through 20, in recorded history. Record cold today, minus 8 to minus 12. If the official rating stays below minus 11, it'll be the coldest day ever recorded in Chicago history. Minus 6 below Fahrenheit, that translates to minus 21 Celsius. Incredibly, incredibly cold. The scheduling gods were not on our side for a few of the games we saw in person on this tour. The results weren't as close as we obviously would have hoped them to be. The Bulls' next two games, for instance, also played at home in Chicago were one-point wins versus Washington, and then a most memorable victory over rival Reggie Miller and his Indiana Pacers. Look for Miller to pop out. He'll get the screen from Mitchell. Five seconds, four seconds, three. Here he comes, Fade away. Yes, Miller hits a big one. It's not a three. With eight-tenths of a second remaining, Reggie Miller takes the bows at the stadium in Chicago. Tony got it. Put it up. Look out! He got it! Is that a three! Oh, it's a three! They win! Bulls win! Tony Cookout. Point eight seconds. Yes. The third game of our tour was on January the eighteenth. We travelled on a bus from Chicago to Milwaukee to watch the Pistons take on the Bucks at the Bradley Center, played in front of twelve thousand eight hundred and seventy nine fans. It was a seven thirty p.m. tip off. I made my way courtside pre-game and witnessed recently acquired Piston, and 1993 All-Star Sean Elliott, hit a tremendous streak of consecutive shots within the confines of the three-point arc. It was just great to be there, only metres away from him, just behind the stanchion I was watching, as he hit swish after swish after swish. He was the only player on the floor at the time, so clearly we arrived very early ahead of the game that night. 1994 was the only season in Sean's 12-year NBA career, that he wasn't wearing his familiar San Antonio Spurs colours. He was with the Pistons for 292 days before returning to Texas and being named an All-Star for a second time in 1996. Milwaukee managed to hang on for a 32-point victory in this game. However, it wasn't the laugher that it may have seemed. The Bucks had a 13-point lead after three quarters and then blew it open with a 39-20 final quarter. During this game, Theodore Blue Edwards dunked the ball so hard The game had to be halted as the stanchion needed realignment. The final score was Milwaukee 123 to Detroit 91. John Barry had 21 points for the Bucks. It was a then career high for him. Eric Murdoch had 18 points and 10 assists. Todd Day had 17 points, including 13 in the fourth quarter. Frank Bukowski had 15 points and eight rebounds. Derek had a strong game with 12 points and 10 rebounds and Ken the Snake Norman slithered his way to 11 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. For Detroit, Alan Houston had 19 points. Greg Cadillac-Anderson had 17 points and 11 rebounds. The great Isaiah Thomas had 10 points, 9 assists, and 4 steals in 30 minutes of action. Joe Dumas did not play. He had a right knee contusion. The Pistons tied a single-season club record for consecutive losses with 14. On January the 19th, We flew from Chicago to Boston. We settled into our Boston accommodation in the evening and then turned on the TV to see what games were on. We were fortunate to catch the last quarter of the Golden State Warriors' visit to the Atlanta Hawks, a finish that 1990s NBA fans are definitely familiar with. Avery Johnson makes one. They're going to foul Dominique Wilkins. No, Dominique Wilkins turns the ball over, stepping out of bounds. 119-117, 119-117, Atlanta. Less than two seconds remaining, and it comes to Sprewell to win the game. Oh my! Do you believe it? What a heartbreaker for Atlanta. Latrell Sprewell three-pointer at the buzzer wins it for Golden State. At least we managed to see a fantastic finish on our trip, even if it had to be through the television. Our tour group would be watching the Warriors closely in the coming days. On January 21st, our group travelled by bus to the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts. It was a cold, snowy day, but inside, the atmosphere was fantastic. It was a real thrill to walk around the Hall of Fame and soak up the history of the sport. I also made my best purchase of the trip that day. I bought a replica of the Chicago Bulls' iconic home warm-ups from the gift shop. Later that same day, we made our way to the venerable Boston Garden to watch the hometown Celtics take on the aforementioned Golden State Warriors in front of 14,890 fans. This was the fourth game of our tour. A 7.30pm tip-off. Pre-game, I made my way down to the floor level and snapped some great photographs. I worked my way even closer to the court and stood just a couple of metres away from Chris Webber as he warmed up. I still remember it vividly. So too, moments later watching Chris Mullen shoot free throws during his warm-up. This was an enjoyable game throughout. Boston extended to a 21-point lead in the third quarter before the Warriors fought their way back. Luttrell Sprewell and Chris Mullen each scored 23 points for the Warriors. Weber, who was scoreless in the first half, ended the game with 18 points. Avery Johnson added 15 points and 9 rebounds. D Brown led Boston with 22 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, and 3 steals. So just a terrific game there for D. Dino Raja added 21 points and 9 rebounds. Sherman Douglas had 18 points and 12 assists. The Chief, Robert Parrish, had 18 points and 14 boards. Rick Fox had 17 points. Kevin Gamble had 12 points. The X-Man, Xavier McDaniel, great friend of the show, had 9 points and 1 technical foul for what it's worth. Boston would win the game 124-116. A quick tidbit here for minutia lovers. The Celtics' Ed Pinckney did not play in this game. He was suffering from a hyperextended right elbow. I actually saw Ed near a concession stand at the game. However, I was too in awe to, to approach him and say hello. You seriously can't make this stuff up. On January 22nd, we travelled from Boston to New York on an Amtrak train And that was a great experience, something a bit different to just having flights across the country. It was really good just to sit back and take in the countryside as we went along. That evening was the fifth game of our tour. We caught a bus from New York City to watch the Golden State Warriors again. This time they were playing at New Jersey at Meadowlands Arena. Per basketball reference, the crowd was 20,049. It was a 7.30 p.m. tip-off. I'm a little sceptical about the crowd because... In the arena that night I distinctly recall crowd noise being pumped in through the speakers, so I can't imagine there being that many fans. New Jersey was far too good for the Warriors on this occasion. The final score was one hundred and twenty-four to ninety-eight. The highlight of the game for me was no doubt a Latrell Sprewell three sixty breakaway jam. The game itself was the Nets' fifth straight win at that time. Armand Gilliam, rest in peace, led New Jersey in scoring with twenty three points. Great friend of the show, Kenny Anderson. Had a terrific game with a 20-point, 10-rebound, 10-assist effort. Derek Coleman had 17 points and 10 rebounds, and Benoit Benjamin, Big Ben, had 11 points. After a lacklustre open to the game, the Nets tied a then-franchise record for most points in a half, scoring 82 after the main break, which is quite remarkable. Now, the Warriors' leading scorer on this occasion was Chris Webber. He had a really good game, 23 points and 12 rebounds. Sprewell added 17 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists, and Chris Mullen was, by his lofty standards, rather quiet, with 13 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists in 40 minutes of action. The sixth and final game of the tour, for me, was January the 23rd at the world's most famous arena. And now, please welcome. At guard, at 6'2", from UNLV, number 50, Greg Anthony! At forward, at 6'8", from St. Louis, number 4, Anthony butter At forward, at 6'9", from Virginia Union, number 34, co-captain Charles Oakley. And at center, at 17, from Georgetown, number 33, co-captain Coincidentally, this was my wife's 14th birthday, which sounds a little bit wrong. I would have turned 19 in June of 94. I was four and a half years her senior, but for clarity, we didn't meet until later in 1999. This was an entertaining game. It was a 6 p.m. tip-off, sealed in the closing moments when former Bulls star Orlando Woolridge hit a running one-hander from the foul line to extinguish the Knicks' chance of victory. Jeff Hornacek had a great game, 23 points, seven rebounds, and four assists. And Tim Perry was also great with 18 points in just 27 minutes. The ever-reliable Clarence Weatherspoon had 17 points and eight rebounds, and Dana Barros added 16 points and six assists. Sean Bradley struggled with five points, but he did have 10 rebounds, five assists, and three blocks. The 76ers improved to 16 and 23 with the win. The Knicks dropped to 26 and 11. Patrick Ewing had a superhuman performance, 36 points and 21 rebounds. That was not enough to get New York the win, as Philadelphia hung on 99 to 92. John Starks was great with 20 points, 3 rebounds, and 9 assists. Charles Oakley had 14 points and 8 rebounds. And another great friend of the show, shameless self promotion is off the charts in this episode. Rolando Blackman had 4 points in 13 minutes. The Knicks led by 9 three different times but scored only 15 points in the last quarter. It was great to be able to watch the Knicks, even in a losing effort, given they would be NBA finalists less than five months hence. There was just a certain electricity in the building and most fans knew that New York were going to be a team to be reckoned with, even though this was not one of their better performances. There actually was an optional leg of the NBA tour that we could have paid extra to be a part of. It was a flight to Florida to watch some guy named Shaquille O'Neal and the Orlando Magic However, as my trip was funded by my wonderful parents, I chose not to visit Orlando. I'm forever indebted to mum and dad for lots of things, of course, this trip being one of them, and they gave me the opportunity to head over to the USA, aged just 18, to further enhance my ever-growing love for the NBA. On January 26th, I flew from New York via Memphis and Dallas-Fort Worth to LA, and then from LA to Sydney. Our flight back to Sydney had its arrival delayed, which actually meant I missed the connecting flight back home to Melbourne in Victoria. Eventually, I did return to Melbourne and had my mum, dad, my brother Luke, and my grandparents on my mum's side, Jim and Eileen, all waiting for me at the airport. It was just an incredible trip and something I still think back on regularly to this day. Six games in two weeks, international flights, domestic flights within the USA, train travel, bus rides. A group of fanatical NBA fans from Australia. A terrific experience overall and I'm very thankful to this day. Thanks for listening. I welcome your interaction with the show. Tap the microphone icon on my website to send me a voicemail. You can suggest discussion topics or guests you'd like to hear conversations with. Stay up to date with my podcast and subscribe to my free NBA history newsletter. You'll receive exclusive details on upcoming episodes future guests to appear on the show, and more. Sign up via my website or simply email me, inallairness at gmail.com. You can follow my show in various ways. Search inallairness, three words, on your listening app of choice. The show is available on most platforms. Check the podcast archive for plenty more episodes with a great range of guests. My Instagram and Twitter handle, at inallairness. Search in on YouTube and Facebook too. Join me next time for another edition of the show.